Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Rim Zone. I hope you're never the same. Every day here on the I Work Rim Show, it's our desire to challenge the way you think about your faith and work. And it's a rainy day, but not a Monday. Right here in Tampa Bay today, and and I know I'm talking about the weather. And so, for those of you listening to the podcast down the road, down the road, it's really raining in Tampa Bay today. And I hope where you are, it's not dry and drought conditions. But we get a lot of rain in Tampa Bay. So my guest is a little bit behind schedule. So I wanted to take care of a couple of things that are on my heart while my guest is drying off and coming into the studio. We got big changes coming up for I Work for Him, and I want to challenge you to go out to our website, iworkforhim.com, and l- take a look at the changes that are coming up. Mid July for I Work for Him. Go out to our Facebook page. We got lots of announcements every day about the guests that are coming on the show, the guests that have come on the show, links to the things, to the shows, and uh, to their websites and to the books that we've highlighted on our website, iWorkForHim.com, and on our Facebook page. There's always lots of information about what's going on here at I Work for Him. But there's also a contact us spot on the I Work for Him webpage. And that's for a number of reasons. Number one, I love, I'm needy. I don't get to say this very often, but I love to hear from my listeners, and I don't get a lot of feedback. 
But I'd love for you to take time to send me an email saying, Jim, I'm listening. Hey, have you ever thought about bringing on this guest or this person that's got this great testimony, this person in the workplace? They don't have to be a business leader. They don't have to be a business owner. I bring people on from all different walks of life on the show where they've got a testimony to share. They've got something really cool going on in their lives that has to do with the workplace that they're in. So send me an email, Jim at iWorkForHim.com or go on to our website and click on Contact Us. But also, I get to talk about it all the time, but I want to just draw attention to my sponsors. These people keep our show on the air each and every day. And I want you to thank them by taking your business there. I do business with these people. You should do business with these people, too. So go on to our website, find out about our sponsors, but you can also just listen to the commercials that we've got going on each and every day. These two groups of businesses support our show each and every day. The Most Brothers with Most Insurance, found online at mostins.com. Eric and Craig Most, these guys are awesome. They do a great job for auto, home, life, and business insurance. And these guys will take very good care of you. Please give them a chance. Go online to mostins.com and thank them for supporting the I Work For Him show right from the beginning and give them a chance to take care of your auto, home, life, or small business insurance. And also to Luke and Dave and Dave and Luke and Randy at Bel Air Wealth Management. Just because their place is in Bel Air doesn't mean they can't handle anybody's wealth advising anywhere in Tampa Bay. Now, today, if you live in South Tampa... As my guest just had to wade in from South Tampa. If you're over there, they'll come see you on the rainy days. You don't have to go see them. These guys are awesome. These guys are Christ-following wealth advisors. It's part of who they are. They add an eternal perspective to your plan. So the rest of the day today, we're going to be focused on an incredible conversation. I've got a colonel in my office today, or in my studio today. I don't get that very often because... I I never served in the armed forces. I wish I had, but I never did. But I want to thank Colonel Mike Wirtz for joining us today on the I Work For Him show. Hey, thanks. Pleasure to be here today. (laughs) I'm sorry for how the drive was for you to get in here. Are you rattled at all? Are you okay? A little bit rattled. I tell you, we uh, we tried to take shortcuts and... uh, uh, we ended up going down a road that uh, was very flooded, uh, made it about halfway and said, this isn't a good idea. Uh, turned back around and then the car died. Oh, no. Uh, praise the Lord, though. Started right back up and uh, we got back into the traffic. So, Yeah, it's it's one of those days where in Tampa, if you've never lived in Tampa before, we get days, some days where we get four, five, six inches of rain at rush hour. It just happens at the end of the day. We get pop-up thunderstorms. Some of you live in the Midwest where it just rains, and you know it's going to rain ahead of time, and you may get those rains, but it doesn't happen every day. It happens here all the time. Were you coming from McDill today? Yeah, it sure was, yeah. Yeah, so that's really just really South Tampa, and it's been raining here for hours. So, Mike, I, I, let's just let's just open. I normally get to pray with my guests before the show starts, and because you def- <laughs> desperately look like you need some peace, we're going to pray for the show, and then I, I'm so excited to be talking about the really cool stuff that's going on in McDill. So, Father, I just lift up the show to you today. I thank you for bringing Mike here safely, for keeping his car safe, and for giving him all the safety on the road. Lord, thank you for uh, the conversation we're going to have. And Lord, I just pray that you bring peace on Mike as he has just had a harrowing, more than an hour and a half long drive to get here. So, Lord, we just lift up this conversation to you and just ask that those that are listening, Lord, there's thousands listening today that are stuck in traffic as well, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but Lord, may this conversation inspire them to look at their workplace like they've never looked at it before. And so that we can change our attitudes and allow you to change the way we think about how we approach the workplace. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Mike, talk to, start talking to me first 
about how Christ is making a difference in your life today. How is Christ making an impact on you personally today? Okay, maybe not today. How about yesterday? Because today, you just were praying through getting here safely. How's Christ working in your life today? Well, I tell you what, uh, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I strive to have uh, Christ at the center of my life and everything that I do. Um, And, of course, it's a daily battle, right? Uh, Working... uh, I find it hourly, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's probably a better, uh, a better description. But uh, I, I tell you, I, I see him all the time working in my life in terms of uh, just being a husband, being a father, uh, teaching at our church in terms of uh, with the youth group, um, just just the confidence, peace, um, and, the, and it's the way you approach approach life. Uh, so you know, it's a blessing to to know the truth and to be able to, to share that with others. And how many kids do you have? We have three kids. How old are how old are they? Are they are they old? The young? The twenty. Uh, our daughter is just finishing her freshman year at the University of Central Florida. Cool. Uh, she's hoping to get into the nursing program there. Oh wow, great! And uh, we have a son who's seventeen. Uh, he's going to be a senior next year, and uh, a daughter who is fourteen. She'll be in ninth grade. So. We got them spread all over. That's that's good. You're you're heading into that empty nester years. It's uh, they're rougher than you think, but they're it also they're fun. You got to now that you get your youngest is fourteen. You got to make sure you get back dating your wife on a regular basis. Absolutely, absolutely. So how many years you and your wife been married? It'll be uh, twenty four in January. Congratulations! So. Yeah. so you got married right after you got into the service because you said you just retired after twenty five years, right? No, twenty four years. Oh, you uh, did twenty four right. years in the service. Okay, twenty four years. I graduated uh, from college in nineteen ninety. Uh, retired last summer and uh, got married. I think about a, a little, little over a year after I after I got out of the uh, out of college. So. And you were a West Point grad. I was. That's correct. How was that? I, you know, looking back, uh, it, was, it was a blessing. It was a blessing while I was there. Um, loved it. A lot of great friends. Um, just uh, very fortunate and, and uh, consider it a, a tremendous. Uh, honor to have have been uh, a kid out of West Point. So. Well, and you were a Christ follower going in to West Point. That's correct. So you were able to find people to surround you and support you because it's pretty intense. The academic atmosphere there is as intense as really the, the Coast Guard Academy, maybe a couple other places. Very few as intense as West Point. You know, I think it's uh, the, the academics are difficult, but there's you know all of the other pressures as well. Uh, having to juggle. Uh, a very very jam-packed schedule. Uh, uh, the demands placed on your time uh, as you, as they teach you uh, time management skills and prioritization and those types of things uh, are are pretty intense. Um, but you know, all for a purpose. Now, the military. You said that in your email to me way back when we first started going back and forth in emails that you grew up an army brat. So your your dad was also in the service. He was. Uh, so he. Uh, he ended up uh, retiring at 21 years. He, he retired out of Fort McPherson in Atlanta, and so I, that's really where I spent my, my formative years, went to, to middle school and high school in Atlanta, Stone Mountain, Georgia. Well, that's a great area. Yeah, I loved it, so really a, a blessing. And, and Dad uh, retired so that we could stay there and I could finish up uh, high school in that area, so... Well, that was awful nice of him. Stone Mountain, I've only been there one time on vacation, but I love that. Actually, I was there as a kid, and then as an adult one time. It just That's such a beautiful area. It's just fantastic. All right, so you have had on your heart to make an influence on the people that, just to bring your faith to the table in your service. And you had the opportunity back in, it was in Kansas, right? Fort Levin. Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, right? You helped start a Bible study. How do you want to describe it? Back in Kansas, how did you, how did you start incorporating bringing the scriptures into the workplace? And it's a military workplace. So how did you how did you work that dance? 
Well, it really goes back to, uh, farther than that. Okay. Uh, at the academy, um, there are a number of uh, fantastic uh, programs and, and ministries available to to the cadets at, at West Point, Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, Coast Guard Academy. But uh, a couple of them are navigators, uh, Officer Christian Fellowship. But there's a, a, a intentional um, and deliberate pursuit of of young men and women to to teach them. Uh, the Word of God to, to of course, uh, share the good news with them and to help them grow in their faith and then ultimately, you know, teach leadership skills so that they can get out to our posts, to our bases, to our ships, uh, and and lead Bible studies and, and help others, you know, meet Jesus Christ. Now, I didn't add, tell you this question ahead of time. And I don't mean, well, you actually did say it. There's a lot of pressure today on military chaplains. How do you work around? I mean, these guys have a lot. I mean, you're reading about it all the time in the Christian news. You're reading it. You're hearing about it in the in the in the secular news. A lot of pressure on these chaplains to uh, to basically water down the whole Jesus thing. How do you work through that? How, I mean, these, those guys have a hard enough job, but how do you work through that? Yeah, it is very difficult, and, and uh, you know, the chaplains have a have a you know a wonderful job and a very difficult job at the same time. Uh, you know. Monitoring the spiritual health of of our soldiers and our sailors, our airmen, um, and so very difficult. Uh, but you know they are uh, government employees. They're officers in the United States Army or Navy or or you know Marine Corps or Air Force, and um, you know they have a they have a duty to uphold you know not only the Constitution but uh, you know the, the leaders that are appointed over them, and and so they have to walk a fine line in, in terms of of honoring the leadership, but also staying true to the Word of God. So. It's difficult. Um, what I found in my experience is that uh, it's kind of dependent on on the organization that you're in and the leadership climate that, that you're that you're in. Um, there are there are a lot of Christians in the military, and so uh, there are a lot of organizations and units that are that are very favorable to um, to Bible studies, to sharing your faith, you know, to doing um, Christian ministry. So it's uh, it's one of those things you just kind of have to, and I assume it's like that in, in, in any organization. You have to just kind of do the best you can with the, the climate that you're in. Well, I would I would agree, and you know this show is all about helping people recognize their workplace as their mission field. And we have brought people from all different walks of life, not all of the different walks of life yet, but we've had lots of different people in here, and you know. And we've had lawyers in here talking about the freedom that you as a government employee used to have because you used to be a government employee uh, uh, to share your faith because you actually the Constitution supports your ability to share your faith is protected. Whereas people in private practices or private businesses don't have as many protections unless they're the owner of the business. And then the owner of the really small business, they can do whatever. I mean, it's it's amazing all the different things that we've learned on the show. That's why I wanted you to come, because people need to hear about the really cool stuff that's going on within the military. We, we don't. In the current, the way the press depicts the military, it depends on the day, but there's not always a lot of positive press. They're always looking to take down guys that are professing Christians or to to say, hey, okay, they made a mistake. I really wanted people to hear today about the cool things that are going on on the basis. And and right, specifically here in Tampa Bay at McDill, because McDill has got a big influence. It employs a ton of people in this area. Unfortunately, sorry, it's in South Tampa where it rains all the time, so that made it difficult for you to get here today. But that's why I wanted you here. I wanted people to hear positive stuff because it is encouraging. What you're doing every day is encouraging. How you're helping these young men and women who are committing their lives to the military, and it could be committing their real lives 
just encourage them in the faith and get them exposure to Christ while they still have a chance. I mean, it's really powerful, and I, that's why I wanted you to be here today. Talk talk to me about before we go to break a little bit about OCF Officers Christian Fellowship. Talk to I mean, you mentioned that just really quickly. Is that a national organization, or t- talk to me about it? It is a national organization. It's a uh, it's a I guess they consider some, consider themselves a lay ministry, um, and, and they have a, you know I have their mission statement here, but. Um, in, in a nutshell, their their mission is to uh, equip uh, young men and women in the military to 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 lead Bible studies all around all around the world, um, and to help others to introduce others to to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Um, so they strategically uh, position themselves at uh, our academies. They have uh, full time staff members uh, at our academies at uh, various um, locations around our military uh, where. A large number of folks will, will transit, and uh, that's what they do. They lead Bible studies, and, and they equip young men and women to, to then turn around and do the same thing. And that's going on on, on campuses, all, or on, on campuses, on bases all over the world. On bases all over the world, uh, at academies, uh, on ships. I mean, their, their goal is to have every uh, a Bible study at, at every location. Before we get back to them, it's time for our book highlight segment. Of course, brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. The name of the book today is The Business Card, written by Dr. Steve Steph, a good friend of mine. A, a several-time show attendee and an author, a speaker, and a leader of TransformingLeadership.com. Found online at TLeadership.com. This book is really the story of Peter, the guy who owns Polycom up in Polydeck up in South Carolina, North Carolina. That's uh, Raleigh, North, North Carolina. I think it's in South Carolina is where Polydeck is. But it's the story of how he went to a three-day silent retreat and the Lord inspired him and touched his life and his life was never the same after he met Jesus and he came back and his 500 employees and the rest of his business was never the same again. So I recommend you get this book and read it to be inspired by putting your faith statement on the back of your business card. That's why it's called The Business Card by Dr. Steve Steffel. Call in the studio line right now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929, and get a copy of the book. But remember, you need to read this book. Don't wait for the movie. All right, Ivan is standing by waiting for you to call in to get your copy of the business card, 855-265-2929. All right, we've got Colonel Mike Schwartz in, not Schwartz, Wurtz. Sorry, my mouth, I had Mountain Dew. It's my friend Lynn's fault today. I had a Mountain Dew. we got Colonel Mike Wurtz in here. He drove over here from McDill. He's involved in several different, well, I just, he's, he's all, how do you pronounce the first word? That, that's Reveille. And that is how Reveille is spelled? It is. Okay, that's what I was guessing, but I'd only ever heard it and never saw it spelled before. The Reveille <laughs> Fellowship Breakfast. I'm not an armed forces guy. Although, I will tell you that my dad served in the during the Korean War, but he didn't go to Korea. He went to Germany for the cleanup effort, and he was a trumpet guy. And so he played Reveille every morning. But I have no idea how it was spelled. All right, so he's involved in the Reveille Fellowship Breakfast at McDill, which happens every week, right? It does, every Thursday morning. Thursday morning, and who can come? I tell you, it's open to everybody. So anybody, anybody, that's anybody there in that Tampa early, Bay, or just people on base. If you can get on base, we'd love to have you. If you can't get on a base and you want to go, let me know, and we'll we'll get you on. Wow. Okay. There you go. Has anybody ever told you that you look like Kevin Bacon? You know, it's funny you say that. Yes, my wife's laughing. That is that is the case. Yes, <laughs> it, it is. It is hilarious. I mean, not hilarious. Kevin Bacon was a good-looking guy. 
So I just I just was thinking about that. I don't know very many movie stars. Of course, he was a movie star 20 years ago. He was famous. But you look like he did 20 years ago. Yeah, don't All ask right. me to dance, though. I'm not going to ask you to dance. That's a guarantee because I have no idea how to dance. All right. When we come back, I really want to get into the details of what's go- how God moved you here to McDill. And, and the, you know, as one of your friends said, hey, God must be doing something great because he's moving you. And another guy, I imagine that was Rick that he was referring to in, in that the two powerhouses coming together on McDill to do some great things for Christ. He moved you from across the country to here. N- not that was it hot where you were before you were in remember where you were you're in Kansas you're yeah. in, well it's hot in Kansas but not all year long well okay so he moved here for a purpose I want to hear what that purpose was I want to hear what's going on at Reveille Fellowship Breakfast and all the great things going on at McDill don't go away I got Colonel Mike Wirtz here with me and his wife who's not going to say anything but she's in the studio they've they made it through the floods alright today we've got in studio Colonel Mike Wirtz he's making an impact for Christ of the Armed Forces he's retired but he's at McDill how often do you get over to McDill I'm there every day well, every day every but day. you're supposed to be retired I'm still working there so you're working there, but you're retired. Yes, I am. I'm confused. I'm not so you got really rehired retired. after you retired? That's correct. So, but I just wear a different a different outfit now. I don't I don't wear the uniform anymore. So you don't have all the stars on your shoulder or your chest or however that is. Uh, yes, that's right. I never actually had any stars, but uh, oh, those are generals. Generals get that, stars. Colonels. What did colonels get? Uh, colonels wear eagles. They get eagles. That's right. Okay. Well, it's still, it's pretty impressive that you're a colonel. So. Well, again, a blessing, and a lot of people helped me get there. So, <laughs> Well, I'm sure that in a lot of years of service, and we appreciate your service. So talk to me about how God moved you to McDill Air Force Base in 2010. That that seemed like a—just talk about how God was in all of that move. Yeah, so you, you alluded earlier to uh, to our time in Kansas, and, and while we were there, we were very, uh, very active in, in the chapel uh, at Fort Leavenworth. And uh, there was a, a man named uh, Tom Schmidt who was uh, vital in terms of uh, mentoring me. He, he kind of came alongside me one day and said, hey, Mike, you know, I just want to let you know I'm available should you want to get together. And I was like, what? You know, why is he asking me that? And uh, finally, I, I, you know, I prayed about it, and, and I just kind of – I think there was a, a pride issue on my, on my part. And then I went back to him and I said, you know, why did you, why did you ask me that? And he said, I, I'd just like to – you know, invest some time into you. And so that started a, a, a weekly uh, mentor session with him and uh, really helped me grow in my faith. Um, at the same time, we were leading a home Bible study, and, and he runs a, a fellowship breakfast there at Fort Leavenworth. And so um, when he found out that we were coming here to McDill, he, he mentioned to me, hey, there are two other guys that are converging on McDill at the same time. I don't know what the Lord's doing, but you guys need to get together. Uh, and so we did. So when we got here, we contacted each other. We met and uh, prayed about uh, what the Lord might want us to do. And uh, lo and behold, uh, the Reveille Fellowship Breakfast uh, started um, a few months later. We, we met with the chaplains on, on base and asked if, if we could have their support, and they, they supported it and, and gave us some resources and gave us a place to meet with a kitchen and and so we, uh, we January 6th of 2011, started this Thursday morning fellowship, and uh, it's been going ever since, every Thursday except for holidays. 
That's fantastic. So tell me about what goes on. What what can people expect? You know, we have lots of people listening from lots of different walks of life. So the people that can't get on base, they want to just hear about it. They, they want to hear the encouragement. About, Here's how our armed service people are getting encouraged. And those armed forces people that live here in Tampa Bay, hey, I can get on base. So maybe I'd like to check this out on Thursday morning. So talk about it a little bit. What's it all about? Yeah, sure. Uh, and, you know, I, I also want to say, uh, Jim, that this is just one of, of a, a lot of Bible studies that are happening on base. So uh, At McDill, there's multiples that are going like how many is multiple? Uh, um, I would say two or three at at least in each of the major headquarters there. So you have the Central Command, U.S. Central Command, and uh, you have U.S. Uh, Special Operations Command. You also have ah, that's what SOCOM stands for. That's right. You never told me. You just said SOCOM. I'm like, well, I have no idea what that stands for. That's right. So, uh, so you don't have to kill me now, though, do you? No. Okay. Good. Not. All right. Um, but there are Bible studies happening uh, lunchtime and, and so forth on base, as well as uh, Awana and, and different things that happen at the chapel. So there, there is a lot of, uh, or there are a lot of, uh, of, of great uh, Christian activities that are occurring. Um, but as I as I mentioned in my note, you know, it was, for me it was difficult to make a lunchtime Bible study. I just couldn't be consistent and and just because with, of your responsibilities during the day. That's right, and and just uh, and you just consistency was a very difficult thing to to, to do and, and to be a part of those groups. So um, you know that led us to to modeling a, a fellowship breakfast, just like we had all experienced in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. And um, so what we do is uh, between six fifteen six thirty, uh, everybody shows up. Um, we have a little fellowship time up front. Always do introductions and kind of some kind of fun fact if you will and then that just kind of helps to get everybody to know each other and then uh, two guys uh, or gals are, are usually designated to cook that week they'll cook while we while we do a lesson and we do a range of of topical bible studies or video series or you name it we've done it over the past four years and uh and then at the end uh, of the study, somewhere between 7.15 and 7.30, whenever the breakfast is delivered, we'll break and and uh, fellowship as long as possible, and folks leave when they have to leave. So, it's uh, again, it's been a, a real encouragement. There's a lot of a great folks that have um, served in this ministry uh, alongside of, uh, of me, and, and you know, just very thankful for the opportunity and the support that we've had. Um, from our chaplains and from our uh, community there. How many? Ki- how many? How many kids? How many military personnel get to participate in this on a Thursday morning basis? Well, really, uh, I, I would say we're probably about half and half. So we we average anywhere from twelve to twenty-two or so, something somewhere around there. We've, our high has been about twenty-nine. Um, but anytime there's two or more gathered, right? It's uh, right, it's absolutely. A great thing. So, when um, well, and, and people half, are going in and out of McDill all the time, people are moving in and out. Move, I mean, you've got people always on the go within the armed forces to different bases. So, you, I mean, you're, I imagine your audience changes all the time. It does, it does. And, and we've had folks that uh, that come in, they spend uh, a year up to three years, and then they're they're moving or they're doing a permanent change of, of station somewhere else. And so, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the guys that left to help me help me start this originally, he he went to Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And started one up there, so it's uh, it's it's been really neat, uh, very very encouraging over the years. All right, you've got a statement on here that uh, it says a weekly fellowship at a time you can control. Now, is that some? Is there some sort of secret wording in that whole deal? Because I'm trying to understand that. Not at all. It, it, oh, come on, it, it, come on! It's, nobody else would say that at a time you could control. What what is it? Is so? What, what, just explain it. Well, uh, Katie told me not to tell this. Uh, I'm just kidding. I was, I was, 
no, really, that what that means is like I, I referred to earlier, consistency. Uh, it's very difficult. Uh, you know, Central Command uh, and, and Special Operations Command, we're, we're constantly doing video teleconferences with with uh, organizations and units all over the world. Very difficult to, to and a lot of those things happen at lunchtime sure. uh, and, and during the middle of the day. So to, to be consistent uh, during the day is difficult. But you can always get up early and come to Bible study before you go to work. So that's that's what we mean by that statement. So the Reveille Fellowship Breakfast going on every Thursday at McDill, 6.15. They can show up. 6.30 is when you get started. How do people find out more about it online? They get, they'd have to know how to spell Reveille, don't they? Well, actually, you just have to go to the, uh, the McDill um, Chapel website. And at the very bottom of the Chapel website... There's a link to Reveille, and this flyer will will pop up. So, well, I was able to find it, so it, it must not be a, a top secret website, so people can get on that. That's right. Absolutely. Okay, just checking. He, 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 I got to tell you, Colonel Mike just keeps looking at me with this look like, I just don't know about this guy. Okay, all right. So I, I want people to be encouraged by what's going on. Can you give me any, what kind of impact are you seeing on people that have been involved in the Reveille Fellowship Breakfast here at McDill and maybe even back at, at Fort Leavenworth, the the base? Because when I ever see Fort Leavenworth, isn't that where they always send the bad guys? Like there's a prison there too? or There is a prison there. That's that's exactly where they send uh, the military uh uh, folks that need to go to prison. I didn't know there was a regular base there. So you, you just, when you said you served at Fort Leavenworth, I'm like, why is it prison guard or something? I didn't know there was a base. <laughs> there's, uh, a, there's a lot more there than, than uh, the prison. So I, I am sure. Which part of Kansas is that in? It's just north of Kansas City, right on the Missouri River. Oh, okay. So it's not too far. So I've I probably driven by it a couple of times from Minnesota back down to Kansas City. All right. So talking about the impact that you're seeing on lives. Yeah, I, I tell you, you know, we've, we've gotten great feedback. And, and just me personally, it, it's, an, it's an encouragement every week. Uh, to, to meet with fellow believers, to see fellow believers uh, around the halls of the, the office building that you're working at, uh, around the base. Um, so that's number one uh, encouragement. Uh, growth in the Word of God. Um, so we've done so many different different studies over the years, and, and it's. Uh, I was telling Katie on the way over here, the you know we, we like to to call it discourse, right? We're, we're seeking truth together. It's not a debate on this is the right position over over this being an, another position. It's, hey, let's look at, see what the Word of God has to say, how we as Christians should respond to this event or this, uh, what, what's going on in uh, in society. How should we as Christians respond to this? How should we as Christians uh, relate to Muslims? How should we as Christians, you know, relate to, to other faiths or to different social um, uh, issues that are going on uh, today? And uh, so we talk about that and the best ways to do that. Um, uh, so the growth in the Word of God um, and then just a confidence and a boldness, too, for those that are that are growing in the Word. So do you have any specific examples, and don't give names, of course, but of, of people that have attended, just kind of skeptics that said, I'm going to check this thing out, I don't really know what to think, and whose lives have been revolutionized by an impact with the personal relationship with Christ? I mean, if you had people just check out and go, I don't know, Colonel, uh, well, they wouldn't call you Colonel Mike, but skeptical, and, and then you saw their lives transformed by Christ? I don't know if I, I, don't know if I have any specific examples of, of those that have been skeptical or those that... That uh, that came and, and rejected, uh, you know, the group. Um, but there are certainly a lot of uh, examples of of those that were were not very mature Christians and have left uh, much more confident, much more bolder in their faith, um, and with a very thankful 
heart for the for the Revel, uh, for the Revely Fellowship. And so they're and they're taking that bolder, stronger, better faith out wherever they go, which is bases around the world, operations around the world, and to places that are dangerous. I mean, where where their faith is. I mean, Absolutely. people are looking death in the eyes every day. Absolutely, and I have a great. You know, there's a great example. We had uh, uh, a nurse, uh, a, a number of nurses that just graduated from ROTC, and they they came down. They were doing a, a rotation at Tampa General, and uh, one of the nurses had had gone through Officer Christian Fellowship or been exposed to it uh, at her university, and so she contacted me, um, and uh, then she brought two of her nursing friends with her, uh, and then uh, over the course of you know over the course of the eight weeks that they were here, they were very faithful in attending, and um, and so now those three nurses have now gone to three different locations around the around the world and uh, hopefully bolder in their faith and, and standing standing firm for the Lord. You know, it's we so appreciate, as Americans, many of us, the large majority of us, so appreciate the young men and women who commit their lives to the armed forces. Those people in the field, they never get to hear enough about that. What is the best way for Americans to thank, for, the, for citizens of the United States to thank their armed service personnel? I tell you, it's been such a uh, really a blessing since uh, nineteen. You know, since since I joined the military, uh, we've been in a, in a time period where the country has been very much behind the military. Um, you know, you much, came in right at the Gulf War, then. I did, um, and so much different from from my dad's era. Right, uh, he served in, in Vietnam. In the Vietnam era, right? So, my my experiences with uh, the country and, and the support of, of the American people is just phenomenal. I think everybody feels that that same. Uh, the same appreciation. Um, I, I think if you know, you know, if somebody knows a military um, service member or, or a couple, and you know, you can, you know, invite them into your home and invite them out out to eat or something like that, or just get to know them, make you know, be friends with them. That's that's the encouragement that uh, I think just helps them go. Well, there's a lot of military personnel that moved to the Tampa Bay area because of McDillon. Like you said, there's lots of different services represented there, of armed forces represented there. What are the biggest needs that you see for those people that are moving here to a strange place? And and obviously, Tampa Bay is a strange place. I mean, it's a melting pot of dozens of different cultures, and the driving's nuts all the time, even when it's the roads are dry. I mean, it's a very different area, and it's beautiful every day. Well, except for today. What is the biggest need that you see in those young people that are that are getting stationed here? What do you see? I, I think that uh, you know the families that that are moving here are you know a, a number of them live on base, but uh, the majority of them live off base in the, in the local communities and, and and are getting involved in, in hopefully local churches and and uh, so I think. You know, just making friends with them quickly. Um, you know, they, they may not be here that long, maybe two or three years. Um, so not not wasting any time to make friends with, with them. If you find out somebody's a military family, you know, go go out and, and, and be friendly and make friends with them quickly because they don't, they don't have a lot of time. And, and so, you know, we've seen that sometimes that does happen. You know, hey, I know they're leaving. I don't want to get too close to them. Right. Um, so, you know, they kind of do their own thing. Um, so that would be my, my recommendation. As a family, how many different places did you guys live before you retired? Is it 11? 13. Okay, my wife's saying 13. Oh, you almost heard Katie's voice on the air. And she didn't want to say anything today. She didn't want to say anything. Okay, it's 13 places. That's a lot of places. That's a, that's a lot of places to say. And you had kids four years into your service. So you're, you moved them around quite a bit. We did. A- any regrets about it? No, I tell you, the, the kids, uh, they loved it. Um, but once we got here and we got to the point of, you know, being retirement eligible, uh, you know, our, our two youngest were, were very um, 
very, I don't know, adamant's not the right word, but they, they loved it here. They loved the youth group at our church. They loved. And the, you're going to what church? We go to Bell Shoals Baptist Church over in Brandon, um, and, and we're homeschooling the kids, so we have a great homeschool group out there. Uh, well, in fact, we have some mutual homeschool friends. Yes, we do. In fact, their parents are the reason we live here in Florida, and I'd like to thank them for just getting us here to Florida. I mean, it's been great. We moved down here because of my wife's health. I mean, she was sick up north all the time, so it's fantastic to live down here, but it's, it's hilarious that even though you live in a different part of Tampa Bay, that that we've got mutual friends that we moved down here from Minnesota with. So you have read the book Halftime. You retired from a job of 24 years, really a high-paced, high-pressure job working working with the Army. What's next for you? Well, I tell you, you know, that was a a tough decision as we were were coming down the, 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 the final... I guess final base path to figure out what we wanted to do, and you know, a lot of prayer, a lot of um, time. Katie and I, you know, talking about it and seeking the Lord's will. And uh, so right now we're back at McDill. I, you know, we felt like this uh, this was the the opportunity just to, to stay in this area for our, our children to finish high school, um, to continue to serve, not in uniform, but to serve at at SOCOM. I'm back at SOCOM as a contractor, and uh, to continue in the ministries that w- that we're in. So at, at our church and both. Uh, uh, teaching youth and, and being involved in our in our homeschool group there as well as uh, you know being part of Reveille on, on base. So not only involved with Reveille Fellowship Breakfast which is every Thursday morning at McDill Air Force Base and you can find out more at, if you go to the McDill Chapel website and really if you just type in Reveille Fellowship Breakfast and you know how to spell Reveille and I'll spell that on, my, on the Facebook page tonight they can find out more about that but you're involved in the youth ministry you said at Bell Shoals. That's so as a, just as a volunteer leader? As a uh, as a Sunday school teacher, and then uh, with the uh, with the youth group, uh, so it is that is one of the most rewarding things. But not now; it's rewarding down the road when you get those calls from kids. Because Martha and I did uh, youth ministry for twenty years as volunteers, and to get those calls twenty years later, going, you just will never know the impact that you made. You never get that when they're seventeen. If you do, it's in, it's incredible. We actually have an adopted daughter because of our youth ministry, and we've got a foster daughter because of our youth ministry. So it's fantastic, uh, the involvement in these kids' lives, even 20 years later. Mm. So, all right, so just in the final, so you, you're, you're involved, so you're long-term here at McDill. This Revolution Fellowship Breakfast isn't going away because you're not leaving. Well, I'm not leaving, but, you know, there there are a number of other uh, men and women that I that I serve alongside uh, in this ministry. So a lot of folks have stepped up over the years, and I tell you, the Lord is blessed, and He's brought uh, He's brought faithful servants uh, to serve alongside me uh, and others that are that are part of this ministry. So we, the chaplains are great uh, that that serve and, and help teach, and and uh, you know, it's a, one of the chaplains brings his son who plays uh, plays his keyboard, and we, we sing before we get started, and uh, you know, so we've had. So you can't dance when you can sing. I can't sing either, but, uh, you know, it's make a joyful noise, right? That's right. So So it's a noise. Okay. All right. So just a last question for you. Okay. We're we're talking to military personnel. They go to work each and every day. They all have an assignment. They all have a task. They all have a skill that they've been trained in. How do you encourage them to incorporate their faith into what they do each and every day? Well, that's uh, that's what we do at at, at Reveille and, and, uh, you know, just the network of believers at McDill. And there there are a a number of those in uniform, those that are retired, those that are civilians that are working on base. the the Christian uh, population at McDill is 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 high, and uh, there's a strong network. But let's be specific, though. What are some things that people can do specifically to to be bold for Christ? 
on the military base. Sure. Um, so it's uh, everything from inviting uh, friends and coworkers to to Reveille to. Uh, you know, asking how you can pray for a coworker that's going through a tough time. Uh, we've done that. We've actually, you know, stopped and, and prayed uh, in the office uh, for somebody that uh, is having a tough time with their marriage. Um, everything from having your Bible on your desk uh, and uh, having, uh, you know, Christian uh, or, or uh, things about the Word of God uh, on your desk or posted on your on your bulletin. So, so there's no rules about that kind of thing. You know, I, you have to be. You have to be smart. Um, you know, in in you know, you can talk about your faith, uh, but you, you really can't proselytize. But you can talk about your faith. So, well, so you can talk about how Christ make an impact on your life. I certainly can. And, and, and you know, if if I'm talking to a coworker that has questions, there you know, there's there are no no holds barred against against us talking about our faith. That's fantastic. All right, we're coming to the end of another I Work for Him show, and I want to challenge you today, listeners here in Tampa Bay and around the world. I'm looking for a thousand people to make this commitment just to get us started. A thousand people to join. Join the I Work For Him Nation. I'm looking for a thousand people to do these things. To start praying every day for their coworkers and employees by name. Just start right now. That's the first commitment. If you want to make an impact on your workplace, you need to start praying for people. It is absolutely amazing. Not only will it impact their lives, but it will change your life, change your heart, especially if you've got somebody at work that you don't get along with, you need to start praying for them. Because that's why Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Why? Because your heart will be changed when you pray for them. Start looking for ways to befriend those people outside of the workplace. I'm looking for a thousand people that will look for ways to serve their coworkers and employees each and every day in the workplace. Not just by doing a great job, but look for other ways outside of that. But all along, be ready to pray with people when you see an opportunity where their countenance is different today than it was yesterday and the day before. Look for ways to say, hey, what's going on? It looks like something's wrong. And then you get an opportunity to get them involved in a conversation. So I'm looking for a thousand people to join the I Work For Him Nation. But listen, I'm not looking for you to do a bad job, but be a great Christian. I'm saying I want you to be the best and brightest example of an employee in your position and do all these things at the same time because a Christ follower in the workplace should be the absolute best employee that any owner would or manager or leader would ever have working underneath them. If you're a Christ follower, you should be the best employee that the company that you work for has. I want you to join the I Work For Him Nation. I want you to say, listen, I'm willing to make this a commitment to transform my workplace for Christ by starting to pray for my coworkers and employees. Go on to the I Work For Him website. And right now, we don't have the flag up yet for the I Work For Him Nation, but I'm looking for you to click on Contact Us. Thanks to those supporting the broadcast today. These people are my friends. These people are helping support the show, keeping on each and every day. Please do business with them. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.